everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you've had a really nice week. I'm back. I'm doing another solo episode this week. A couple things I'm just going to say before I jump into the episode. First of all, (laughs) I'm out of isolation. It feels great. I came out on Saturday. Um, If you don't know, basically a couple weeks ago, I saw a friend. We were distanced. We were wearing masks and everything, but it turns out that she had covid so i had twice late for two weeks um i didn't have it i never got any symptoms i was completely fine well not that you can't get it if you have no symptoms but either way i've waited the 14 days so now i'm out of isolation um that's not to say that i'm going crazy i'm not going out and seeing i haven't seen anyone outside of my house other than when i went to work um i've very much been scared to go back into isolation so i'm being overly cautious now like probably to a detriment cautious um but yeah i'm out yay (laughs) it's nice to not be stuck in my bedroom even though i've not really been going out a lot um i can go and make my own food in the kitchen which is really nice yeah it was a very stressful time many other things were happening as well as being in isolation and i just wanted a hug but i I couldn't have a hug because i was isolating from everyone else in my house so let that be a warning to any of you who aren't taking COVID to, not that I think that anyone who's listening to this podcast isn't taking COVID seriously, because I know a lot of the people who listen, and, I, you know, I just don't think that this podcast attracts the kind of crowd of people who aren't taking COVID seriously, but if you're happening to listen and you don't think it's going to affect you that much or whatever, like, the isolation side of it really, really sucked, so if anything, be safe for that, because being on your own for two weeks, not being able to do anything was awful and also the fact that I was on my own for two weeks in my room and I just barely did anything meant that when I came out and I started like moving again and like walking a bit more and went to you know had to walk to work walk around more than just from my bed to my desk my legs really hurt for the next couple days because my muscles just lost everything they had in them so that's another side effect of isolation that I don't well I haven't heard spoken about so yeah, if you're not worried about COVID itself, which you should be, but if you're not, and you just think that it's just like a cold, it will be fine, it's just a flu and then I'll get over it. First of all, it's not, it can last for months and months and months. Um, it keeps coming back with chest infections and you have lung scarring that could be a lifelong issue. But beside that, the isolation isn't fun. So just, just be safe, wear a mask, keep your distance, wash your hands, all of that. Uh... Is that the only other, like, maintenance thing I had before I went into it? I think so. Um, so today I thought I would kind of take the opportunity of what's going on in the UK and kind of the political climate and everything at the moment to talk about um, Save the Art. Well, not Save the Arts, but that's kind of the movement. I want to talk about the arts in general, but because of Save the Arts, I'll explain in a minute. Um... Yeah, so I thought I would just talk about the arts. I'm going to focus on musical theatre, just because I am such a theatre kid. Uh, Don't act, just consume it. I have terrible stage fright. Like, even if we thought I might have some talent, which I don't, I have terrible stage fright. Um, But I've always loved musical theatre. Like, as long as I can remember, High School Musical was just my favourite thing when I was a kid. Um, I've always liked singing and musicy things. 
so having that with story has been just something I've loved for forever um which is why I'm going to focus on that and I just think as well um I have more to say but that's not to say that the other parts of the arts you know dancing more specifically just plain I was gonna say plain and simple acting acting isn't simple but you know like stage acting acting in um movies or like on a an on actual set as opposed to live theater um do i say dancing if i didn't dancing photography makeup it's all an art and it's all just as valid in this i'm just going to focus more on musical theater because i'd also been kind of planning an episode anyway but i just thought it's quite timely at the moment so if you are not from the uk or if you are from the uk and you just haven't seen that's fine um so obviously we went into a national lockdown in March because of COVID. Um, and our government introduced a really great scheme. It was a furlough scheme and it meant that anyone who couldn't work at the moment, um, if they couldn't work from home and obviously couldn't go into work because we were in a national lockdown, the government would pay 80% of their wages, um, which obviously it's not a hundred but you are saving some expenses you're not driving to and from work if you had to drive you know like it was quite good considering it definitely helped a lot of people um one thing they didn't do i'm pretty sure they also introduced grants to businesses in general and stuff one area that they didn't support was the arts um theater i know a lot of theaters are they rely on charity donations more than anything else, so they couldn't apply for the business schemes and the help there. Um, so a lot of them are having to close down. They're really struggling because they're still not open. A couple of them have tried to convert into cinemas because cinemas have opened up again. So they're just like showing musical films, kind of social distance and things like that, just to try and get any kind of income so that they can stay open and not have to close indefinitely or definitely, who knows. Um, eventually the government did grant them, I think it was 1.5 million or something, which is something I couldn't honestly comment on how much that is in terms of like how much they gave to other people. I don't know, but they did eventually give something. And Save the Arts was a huge part of this. It's a hashtag that a lot of people were using. Like I said, I'm a massive consumer of musical theatre, so I follow a lot of people on Instagram who were in some of my favourite shows and everything so I saw them all posting about it you know they would post videos that they had of them performing in these shows or like just photos of them in costume backstage like pro shot pictures anything um you know save the arts and everything because it it is something that needs to be saved and if it didn't get the help then it would have to close and it's other than the fact that it's these people's jobs and livelihoods and they would have then you know like their whole career taken away from them it's also as a, as a consumer just a whole thing that would then be lost you know it's taken a long time for theatre to become accessible to not even a majority of people to be honest at the moment like it still isn't it's still I've only been to see one, two, maybe five six shows in my lifetime most of them through school which obviously comes with a massive discount um so like you know it's still not massively accessible to everybody but it's probably more accessible than it's ever been especially with the rise of the internet and everything like that um but it's gotten to the point where it's started to become partially accessible at least and then if it has to close and come 
you know, becomes a more elite thing, obviously prices are going to rock it back up and it's going to become an elite thing to enjoy again, which would be a huge shame. It would mean that I wouldn't get to go anymore, which I've, again, like I said, I haven't ever really gone that many times. I was supposed to go twice this year to see the same show, um, but they were both in, one was in April and one was in July. So obviously I couldn't go to either of those. Um, but yeah, so then last week, I think, um, one of our MPs, one of our politicians, um, said that people in the arts should retrain to work in jobs like cyber or plumbing, um, because that's a more viable job. The art, he said that the arts aren't viable. He said that they're low skilled, um, and that basically, yeah, people who work in this industry should retrain for a more viable career, something that will sustain them, whatever. So there's been a massive uproar because obviously it's a horrible thing to say and it's awful and you shouldn't have, you know, the government should just support these people and not just tell them to retrain for completely STEM jobs, basically. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with STEM, but also if everyone retrained for STEM jobs then that would be an oversaturated market and then there'd be an unemployment crisis and it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But either way, a lot of people have been angry about it in the last week, more so than ever, really. Um, which is why I thought I would talk about it on the podcast today, because, like I said, it is something that's always been really important to me. And I think there's been a lot that I've taken from musical theatre, and that a lot of people have taken from musical theatre. Um, and it can be, and is in many cases, a form of activism. And I think that's important too. And I think... I'd probably be talking about this on the podcast regardless of feminism or anything, but you can tie it into just feminism and self-acceptance and, you know, a million other things. So I thought I would talk about it and I would try and talk about it in that kind of context. Um, again, like, I'm sure many people who are listening to this don't think that the arts are... I mean, I don't know how you could think the arts are low-skilled. Like, that's just insane to me, but sure... Um, but yeah, maybe it's, maybe I'll introduce you to a new musical you haven't heard of before. Maybe we can just, you know, message me and be like, yeah, I really like this musical too. And we can talk about musicals because it's my favourite thing to talk about and I can talk about it forever. Um, introduce me to new musicals because I always want to introduce new musicals. I was really surprised because I do call myself quite a theatre fan. I was going through my playlist on Spotify, which is like, 30 something hours long it's got like 700 songs my musical playlist but I was like there there are not many musicals in here (laughs) um so please introduce me to some more because I would definitely like them I'm sure there are musicals that I like and I've listened to before that I just haven't you know I've forgotten and they're not my playlist but talk to me about it I love musicals I could talk about them forever so I'll actually start talking about them I'm just gonna drink some tea give me one second put it in a flask so I don't have to down it this time oh I burnt my tongue okay so I have written down a little list to help me remember because I have an awful on the spot memory where should I start okay I'll just start with the top of my list uh so at the top of my list I have Legally Blonde which if you're not familiar with the musical I'm sure you'll be familiar with the film it's the story of Elle Woods. She is dating this guy called Warner, Warner Huntington III, and he breaks up with her to go off to Harvard and be a lawyer because um, he says he needs someone who's more serious and who's 
smart, basically, because he doesn't think that she's smart because she's pretty and she's blonde. Um, so she goes to Harvard to follow him. She trains to be a lawyer. In the process, she realises that, you know, he's not worth it and she actually really enjoys her education and doing something meaningful and just, you know, having an existence to herself. So she becomes a lawyer she fully involves herself in her studies and wins a court case at the end and it's a great movie and i've had this argument not i wouldn't say it's an argument because i've never actually had the argument so many times but i know people who've come to me have been like so and so has told me that Lily blonde isn't a feminist movie and i've been like but it is though like it just is because she's like yeah i don't need no man i'm so cool i can be a lawyer all by myself um obviously at the start it's very I mean, I was going to say it's very sexist. I don't know if I would say that, actually, because the idea is basically that she's just going to be a housewife all of her life, which is a totally valid choice. If you want to be a housewife, be a housewife. That's part of feminism, that you can choose what what you want to do. I guess I'd say in the musical they do kind of put in these sexist tropes at the start to kind of, you know, obviously to... Um, as more of a contrast to like where she started and then where she ended. So they talk about um when they think that he's gonna propose to her before he breaks up with her. You know, they're saying that you need to look young so that they're still interested and they don't cheat on you or anything like that and like Yeah. Either way, musical specifically, first of all, it's so boppy and vibey. It's a great time to listen to. Um I'm such a huge fan of musicals that aren't sad because I just don't like feeling sad that much. <laughs> um, and this is one of the most fun, most happy musicals I know. Like, most, there's an A sad song or two, but most of them are just really vibey and they're great. But specifically, there's a song called So Much Better, which I think is my favourite song in the musical. Um, basically, at this point, she is... I hope this isn't, like, like spoiler alert for all these musicals. Like, I am totally spoiling them, but if you've seen the movie, you know the plot. Um, but this song in particular, she has decided that she's, by this point, she's already decided she's going to throw herself into her studies. Um, she's still kind of, like, wanting Warner. And she kind of is, like, at this point studying to show him that she's really smart, kind of. Um, and there's this internship that they are all applying to, to work on this big case that she ends up winning at the end with their professor who's like a huge famous lawyer he has like a multi-million billion law firm or something and at this point he posts a list of the interns and she finds out that she's on the list and there's only like five of them that got it or something out of everyone at harvard who takes this class i'm assuming everyone who takes this class has applied um but anyway it's a really huge moment for her and she sings this whole song about how great it is to be valued for her smarts and for her education and like the, the song in particular at least kind of like the first half she just totally sasses warner and she's like yeah hey you know like all that supposedly fun times that we had and like the sex that we had and everything yeah being valued for this it's so much better i feel so much better and that's kind of the turning point in the musical where she then like vows to herself that it just it's a realization it's an epiphany that she has and she it's just so empowering and it's great and it makes you want to see your name on the list and it's 
It's a beautiful song and I so, so highly recommend it. Um, there's also like another point, there's, um, so there's Legally Blonde, which is a song, as in like Legally Blonde the song in Legally Blonde the musical, where she basically quits Harvard. This is really spoilery, I'm really sorry, like full warning for any of the musicals I'm talking about. But then there's Legally Blonde, the remix, um, and in that she decides to come back. She walks into the supply closet because um, one of her friends has come and brought her like cool outfit back and she's like, there you go, And because in So Much Better she makes a point about she's even going to dress in black and white to be more serious because she is like known for wearing pink and all these great clothes, she has a great fashion sense. Um, but it's perceived by everyone else as just not very serious and like she's not paying attention and unprofessional and blah, 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 blah. which anyway um so then her friend brings back this cool outfit and she's like come on get changed like we can do this and she's like no 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 i'm not gonna wear that like navy outfit i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna wear pink and it's a great it's just a great thing and obviously the message of the musical in the end is like you what a shock you can be smart and you can look nice and you can dress how you want and that has no impact on your intelligence which sounds like it shouldn't be a revolutionary idea but guess what it really is because i know people who at school were told that they weren't smart based on the way that they dressed which is the most stupid idea like a teacher literally turned around to someone that i know and said yeah like i'm not surprised if you get bad grades because look at what you're wearing as if that has any impact on your int like it oh, it really bothers me <laughs> um so yeah needle blonde is great a great feminist musical if you like the movie i really highly recommend if you don't like the movie i really highly recommend um if you haven't seen the movie watch the movie and then listen to the or would i recommend going straight into the musical i don't know Either way, you should listen to the musical. It's so boppy and vibey and great. Also, I've spoken about this on the podcast before. And I'll speak about this on the podcast again. The musical gets Emmett. Is it Emmett? Yeah. Emmett and Elle. So much better than the movie. The movie, did, there's no chemistry between them. And then at the end, it's like, oh, Emmett's going to propose. Oh, <laughs> tea. They're together now. The musical actually develops their relationship, so it's not like he's just been thrown at the end because, like, this is a feminist movie and she's learned to be independent, but she still needs a man. Whereas this is, like... No, she values herself independently of him and she doesn't need him. He's just someone that she's chosen to love and he appreciates her for who she actually is, not just because of the way that she looks. So, Needle Blonde's great. I just burnt myself in the tea again. Um, next up on my list is a song, not a musical, called Little Miss Perfect. Um, and this has very recently been introduced to me by one of my good friends. So if you're listening, thank you so much, because now I'm obsessed with this song. Uh, so it's by Taylor Lauderman, I think is how you say her name. She was Regina in the original Broadway version of Mean Girls. Um... And I included this because it, so like, the story of the song is basically, um, it was part of like this write-off competition. So I think everyone who participated in the competition wrote a singular song as if it was from a musical. 
so this like won and became part of the album or something and it this was years ago but it's really recently blown up this year on tiktok i don't have tiktok which is how my friend then introduced it to me um i'm introducing it because basically the story of the song is like she's supposed to be this this perfect girl she's got really good grades she's on student council she is little miss perfect like that's how she refers to herself that's how she's known she has a reputation but she's questioning her sexuality and she has a crush on this girl and it's it is really vibey and boppy and i think a lot of people i was watching a youtube video about someone talking about this the other day um and it was just kind of saying which is a really valid point for musical theater and the arts in general but obviously like i said at the start i know it a lot from musical theater so many people listened to it and kind of like saw themselves in it and identified with it and they've been like this song helped me come out and all this kind of stuff i mean people are begging for the full musical to be written with this the song is based off of um 13 reasons why i should say i haven't watched enough of 13 i watched the first two seasons i can't tell how the song was based on it i clearly don't remember enough of the show um but it's a great song and yeah i think that's another thing worth saying is like the like musical theater and musicals and these kind of songs like music in general but specifically musicals when you have a plot and a story going through the songs um you know you find yourself in them and me as someone who isn't really part of any marginalized communities like knowing the impact it has on me when I find a song that I really relate to compared to then people who are in these and they you know they're hearing themselves represented they're hearing a story that they can relate to and just the impact it has and like the sense of community it brings to you and the sense of I'm not alone and the kind of like empowerment that it brings to you like I said you know a load of people have been listening to this Little Miss Perfect song and they've been able to come out or at least help them identify to themselves that they are of whatever sexuality and I think that's just an amazing thing so you know the arts are great for that too and it's just they're just so important and to say they're low oh, actually really just made me angry but yeah Little Miss Perfect is a great song I've already listened to it three times today um I love it she's great at singing I also would like a full musical about this please um yeah she's also great in Mean Girls I would also recommend listening to Mean Girls I don't know if I have a lot to say about the feminism of Mean Girls um but it's good the last song in Mean Girls is really empowering it's all like you know be yourself love yourself <laughs> which is good it always talks about stars and I'm obsessed with stars so um Oh, I feel like that's all I have to say about Limit's Perfect. I feel like I did not give that enough time, but it is only one song. So. Sorry, Limit's Perfect. It's a great song. It's really funny. Um, and, like, even that one song, I guess because it was only written as one song, not a whole musical, there is a lot of plot and story in it, and the development and everything is just great. It's perfect. Um, so, next on my list is Everybody's Talking About jamie which is a great musical so if you don't know everybody's talking about jamie was based off of a bbc documentary which i believe was of the same name 
No, maybe I maybe I lied about that. I don't think it was called Everyone's Talking About Jamie. Either way, it's about this boy in Sheffield. And he wanted to be a drag queen and he wanted to go to his prom in a dress, but his school wouldn't let him. So then from that, they've based this musical, which is phenomenal. It's so fun. It's so moving. It's so emotional. It's so empowering. It's basically like the story of him. He comes out in it, which again, like Lilmus Perfect, you know, a lot of people relate to that. And it's so nice to see... I, I would imagine as part of the community it'd be really nice to see yourself kind of represented in that and like he wrote obviously like every story is completely unique but a similar thing and all of that and then he becomes a drag queen eventually and it's all the kind of story of that and like how he tells his family and his friends and just the people in school in general and there's you know he has to face some not nice people at school who say some very homophobic things to him but it's a really empowering story, ultimately. Um, obviously, I, you know, well, not obviously, but for your information, I'm not a drag queen. Um, I'm also not a boy in a rural town in the north. So I can't fully relate, but like just listening to it is so, I can't explain the feeling that musical theater gives me like as such a fan it just it feels so like homey and comforting and just they're also making a film of jamie which i cannot wait for it comes out next year um please everyone go and watch it support i mean obviously be safe i'm hoping that covid is not as serious an issue by then so we can go to cinemas and stuff but if you haven't listened to everybody's talking about jamie you need to it's great yeah i feel like a lot of things i have to say about it kind of link over with what i said about little miss perfect but it's a really good musical it's very empowering it's helped a lot of people identify with this person that they see you know or they listen to on the soundtrack or they see on the stage or you know soon they'll see in a theater and it's just stories like these that are really important they need to be told and they're great Oh, something just buzzed. Ah. Okay, nothing important, just buzzed. Um, so yeah, everybody's talking about Jamie. Great show. Amazing cast, always. Nathan Williams was the... He took over from the original Jamie. I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. I can only remember Layton's because I saw him in Hairspray. Um, and he has also done Rent, which is another, Rent is an amazing musical for seeing all kinds of people represented. Um, it's a very diverse, you know, like it's got all kinds of people in it and it's a story that like isn't typically told. It's definitely not like a, a common trope or anything. Rent's really good. Um, it will make you cry though. So just be warned. Rent is also very sad. But yeah, Leighton Williams was in it and he was great. Um, and the movie looks really good, and I'm so very excited. Next up is one of my favourite musicals I ever I think it might be in my top three. And that is Six the Musical. Some of you my friend, you've probably heard me talk about Six because I'm obsessed with it. But basically... Okay, so Six is about the six wives of Henry VIII, King of England... 
yeah, just England. I wonder I was gonna say England and and I was like, no, no, no. No. Um so the premise is basically it's it's slightly confusing, but it also is really simple and makes sense. It's set in modern times, so it's kinda like the like the queens are here. It's it, that's the only bit that's a bit confusing. But basically it's a concert between the six queens. They're trying to decide who had the worst life with Henry. Um, so they all sing a song. Like It's a very short show because it's basically a concert. It's not completely musical. So it's one of the first musicals that's actually been able to come back because of COVID and the pandemic and everything because they can do it so social distanced because it's more of a concert than a musical. It's, it is a musical, but it's a musical that is a concert. So they can... It's, it's fine. Just roll with it. Um, so yeah, they each have their own song, um, where they just kind of talk about their life, what happened, all of that, jazz, but it's so, like, specifically, I would say, the last two songs, so, the last song is Catherine Parr's, The Last Wife of Henry VIII, um, but it kind of then morphs into just, like, there's like a, spoilers for six, I can't really talk about it without spoiling six, so spoilers for six. Um, throughout the show they all fight, and they're all like, no, my life was worse, my life was worse, I had this many miscarriages, oh, I had this many miscarriages, and then, you know, the point is kind of then like, Catherine Park comes out and she's like, oh my god, like, I don't want to do this anymore, why are we fighting? And then they're all like, oh, but, like, we're better off without Henry. And that's kind of, like, the twist of the show is, like, that's the thing that they were trying to do all along was, like, show that, you know, independent, you don't need a man. And it's so good. Like, I'm explaining it really badly, you know, making it sound like an awful show, but it's so good. It's probably, like... I mean, it's definitely the shortest musical that I'm talking about now, so... Other than that was perfect, that's a song. Um, so if you haven't listened to Six, listen to Six, because it's... I know people who don't like any musicals, or, like, they are not musical people but they will listen to sex because it is basically a bunch of pop, like each song is influenced by pop artists, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Avril Lavigne, Lily Allen. So there's loads of like contemporary pop influences. So it's really easy to get into if you're not a musical theater fan. And then basically the last song in sex is called sex and they all rewrite their history. And they're like, first of all, they call it her story, which chef's kiss. I love it. Um, but they basically like, kind of rewrite what their life would have been if they never met Henry and they were never married um and it's I mean obviously it's sad because you know that's not what happened and you know what did happen and the fact that like they just wouldn't have really had a good life any of them um but like the the musical is just very empowering and it's very female positive and like even disregarding the content of the musical like if we're not even gonna obviously we have talked about it but we weren't even gonna talk about that so the bands that they have are all on stage the whole time because it's like a concert which is really good because off you know obviously the people who normally play the music in musicals aren't seen you kind of see the singers and that's it but the orchestra deserve just as much recognition um but they're on stage and they are all women which is so cool like the fact that it's just an all-female show. I'm not sure about the dynamics of backstage, but I have a feeling that's at least strongly female-run, if not completely. 
when the musical was written by two uni students they were just like doing their degree and they were doing the Tudors and they were like let's write musical um it was written by a girl and a boy or a woman and a man um Lucy and Toby I believe their names are so it was written by a guy as well not just a girl but like the show itself everyone on stage is is female and it's just such a strong female influence and I live for it um it's really fun I saw half of it live for my birthday last year we didn't make it in time for the first act because London traffic was awful um and six was the one that I was supposed to be going to see twice this year I was supposed to go see it for a friend's birthday and then straight out for my birthday last year after I didn't get to see it I booked tickets to see it again but they were both cancelled and I'm so sad about it I will see it in full at some point in my life um do I have anything else to say about six I just love it like it's one of my favorite songs to listen to in the car and it does make me cry here's the thing right I am quite an emotional person I won't lie however one thing that always gets me like it will make me cry if I'm kind of like by myself it's just strong women <laughs> and I don't know why but like listening to six makes me cry because in Catherine Parsong there's a bit where she says like um why can't I tell my story like why do I have to be part of Henry's story the lyrics are I'm fixed as one of six and without him I disappear and then she's like why can't I tell my story in my story it's really hard to say the words and not sing them um She's like, I was a writer, I wrote books, I wrote songs, I wrote meditations, I fought for female education. Um, you know, I got a woman to come and paint my picture rather than a man. Like, she was, and I, I have not fact checked the historical accuracy of this, but I have a feeling that, like, a good portion of this is true. Um, which is just amazing. Like, this is the thing as well. Six was like, I listened to it the first time, didn't love it. Tried it again a year later, was obsessed with it. Um, and it's one of those things, like, you, it's a valid point. You never think of these women as independent people because you only ever learn about them in the context of that's wife number one, that's wife number two. You never learn about Catherine of Aragon and just her life and then oh and there's her husband that's that's husband number one and that was it and just like disregard henry and just know about catherine it's always we're studying henry the eighth here's a little bit about catherine of aragon here's a little bit about anne boleyn and how that relates to henry it's never really at least like obviously there are historians and scholars and everything who have looked at that i'm not saying that no one in existence has ever done it before the musical came out but, like, definitely while you're sitting in school and everything, you never look into these women, and maybe I was just being... I mean, I've never really done the Tudors, which probably was part of why I was overly ignorant of it and everything. But for me, I just never did really consider them as... Not as independent people, but it was always just... Oh, the six wives of Henry VIII. And that was it. So, like, when I listened to the show, and I was kind of like, oh, wow, these people have their own history, and they have their own story, and they are... They are independent to Henry and they, you know, their story deserves to be told just as much as his does. It was a light bulb moment for me. 
Uh, so I really recommend listening to Six. I'm gonna have some more tea, hold on. I feel like I have to give a disclaimer every time I stop talking for a second because I feel like it just is kind of, I think, I think I've said this before, but I think if there was a video version, then it would be less awkward because you can see that I'm drinking. But otherwise there's just a silent pause and I feel like I have to justify why I've stopped talking. Otherwise I feel like it's just a little bit awkward. But anyway, the last musical I have to talk about, and I mean, this is not an exhaustive list. I could probably do a sequel in the future. Like I said, I love musicals. I listen to them all day, every day. That's not an exaggeration. Ask my, like my housemate who lives next to me, all she hears is me singing. I am really sorry for listening to this. Um, but the last one I have to talk about is Hamilton. Um, I have one specific song to talk about, but if we're just going to talk about Hamilton in general quickly, I'm sure this is the most, like, out of all the musicals I've talked about in this episode, I am so sure that Hamilton is the one that most people would have known and listened to. Oh, I have another... Oh, it's gone. Never mind. Um, it was a phone thing. Um, but if you don't know, Hamilton is... Uh, so it came out in 2015 in America. It's written by Lemama Miranda, genius. Um, and it follows the story of Alexander Hamilton, who is one of the founding fathers of the United States of America. Um, he was um, in like the first government. He was the right-hand man to Washington in the Revolutionary War. He was an immigrant from the Caribbean. I had to think about that then. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, it, it's a great musical. It's phenomenal. I've literally been obsessed with this since it came out. I told everyone in my school to listen to this. And then they all kind of start to, and I was like, yes, I have started something here. Obviously, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the only person at my school that listened to Hamilton, and I got everyone else into it, but I told so many people that they had to. And it blew up. It was, it still is huge. It's just come out on Disney Plus. They were, um, with the original cast, they filmed a pro shot over three days, and it's just been released on Disney Plus a couple months ago. So if you have Disney Plus and you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend. If you don't have Disney Plus and you haven't watched it yet, get the free trial, watch it, and then cancel it. I mean, Disney Plus is great, I recommend, but like, just just watch Hamilton or listen to the soundtrack. Obviously, you can listen to that for free on Spotify. Might be on YouTube. There's been a lot of things with like the copyright on YouTube, so it used to get taken down a lot, but I don't know what it's like there now. But one of the amazing things about Hamilton, and one of the things that I honestly think helped it to become so big, um, was the fact that obviously this is a story about predominantly white men, well, almost exclusively white men. Um, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, George Washington. Did I say Washington? Either way, all of these people, obviously in history, were white. But Lamar Miranda comes from Puerto Rico. He is not like your typical white American male. Um, and he decided that he was going to cast a mix of people from different races, which was groundbreaking. It's phenomenal. So you have all these different people of different skin colours, different ethnicities, 
playing what were these just white people in history and it's really weird now to look at portraits of like George Washington or Aaron Burr and be like no that's not how I see you in my head because I just see you as Chris Jackson or Leslie Adam Jr or whoever um so that was one of the amazing things about Hamilton it's another one of the things that was you know like for those people to see themselves represented it was an like a groundbreaking opportunity you have like musicals like hairspray all the time when it's being casted like you can't play this role because because of people's weight which is awful like they go for tracy who's supposed to be a plus-sized character sometimes they were told they're not plus-sized enough so like the opportunities in musical theater is something that needs to be changed and needs to be more open but in hamilton it was just one of the most amazing things that lima miranda decided to cast all these people of different ethnicities and give them a chance that they never would have had before and you know like oh, it's just amazing um also Jonathan Groff is in it and I'm obs- like his voice is just velvet I love it so much I mean all of their voices and that's another thing as well actually watch it on Disney plus over listening to the soundtrack because there is such a difference in like hearing them sing it live essentially as opposed to a studio recording where it would have been edited in some way or there would have been many takes or you know like it nothing compares to it and I only wish I could have seen it live but I did want to mark one song in particular in Hamilton which is the Skylar Sisters <laughs> I wasn't planning on singing that and then I kind of sang it but it kind of wasn't the tune of the Skylar Sisters which is weird but basically um it's these three sisters, Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy, who are... I mean, this isn't very historically accurate, because in history there were many Skyler siblings, and they were, like, Philip Skyler, their dad, had sons and everything. But for the sake of the musical, there are the three sisters, in age order, Angelica, Eliza, Peggy. And they come on and they sing this song, and it's before the revolution has really kicked off in New York, or it's kicking off, kind of, as they speak. Um, and they were like, wow, a revolution, new ideas, this is great, yes. And then Angelica comes out, she's like, yeah, um, I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine, which is a very famous text, um, from that time period, and it kind of influenced a lot of the people who were writing the Constitution and everything after the war. Um, and she says, you want a revolution, I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. It's really hard not to sing this. I'm trying not to, but it's impossible. Um, so she says, so listen to my declaration. And then she quotes it, which is, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, which I believe Thomas Jefferson said. Yeah. Um, and then she says, when I'm Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel. Because obviously we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal women were obviously not included in that all men are created equal not all women um which like i've always loved the song it's always been a great song but i listened to it the other day and it did make me cry because i was just like oh my god strong women yes include women in the sequel which is nice um this is to not to say as well like there has but there was a little bit of backlash after hamilton was released on disney plus because a lot of people were saying that they don't they don't delve into the fact that like they kind of try to talk in the musical a little bit about slavery and they're like anti-slavery one of Hamilton's friends Lawrence John Lawrence um was trying to 
have a black battalion in the army and he was trying to fight anti-slavery and a lot of them were anti-slavery um i'm pretty sure washington said that he was anti-slavery but still just had slaves but like, thomas jefferson had loads of slaves and it's not really something they talk about a lot in the movie in the musical and i don't think per se that they were avoiding it i think that it's just obviously like it's it's a huge it's already three hours long and there's so much to cover like the revolutionary war and the setting up the government and it's more about their political careers so it's yeah i mean i was just gonna say like you just want to acknowledge obviously they don't talk about that and it does kind of idolize these people because it's a musical and that's kind of the the nature of it it's like obviously they don't want to paint all these paint all these people in just a horrible light so i'm not saying that all these people were stellar humans and they've been great because they did have slaves and they did mistreat people and they could have definitely done better and been better but Hamilton the musical itself like as a musical is great the sky is a song women are great Lin-Manuel Miranda writing Hamilton and casting who he casted in it and everything was just such a, a groundbreaking revolutionary choice so like the musical in itself was really diverse too so like yeah they didn't talk about that and those people did very bad things and they should be held accountable for that in history and we shouldn't idolize them but the musical made waves and they were big waves and they were great waves and you should listen to Hamilton if you haven't already okay um <laughs> I've gone on for absolutely ages I literally thought before doing this episode I was like oh we've only got like five things on my list that probably won't be very long for me to talk about this will definitely end up being like a 20 minute episode but no here we are 45 minutes in so my bad I hope you enjoyed um save the arts please like consume the content now more than ever just to prove that people enjoy the arts and that these people don't need to retrain to work in cyber so stupid consider this my formal fuck you to the uk government oh i'm i'm very angry um but yeah i hope you enjoyed me talking about musicals for a solid 50 minutes straight essentially um please do message me if you want to talk about musicals just have a lot of fun chat um recommend me new musicals i i love them and now i want to go and watch hamilton because it's obviously one of the only ones you can really watch although actually that's a good point there is legally blonde is on youtube they did a pro shot well they did something on mtv so that's on YouTube. so you can watch that one as well um yeah message me on the instagram at the average fem pod uh you can email which is the average feminist podcast at gmail.com um please share this with a friend just get the word talking about the arts as in not necessarily share the pod i mean please also share the podcast with a friend but just like you know share what's happening with a friend get people talking about it still like save the arts it is a viable career they are not low skilled in any way shape or form like if it's that low skilled i dare i dare you to do what they do and if you can do it i'm very impressed um and it shows that it's a viable career and yeah like i said at the start this obviously goes to more than just musical theater this is dance this is um other stage acting this is 
acting on a set in a movie or in a TV show, this is photography, this is makeup, this is fashion design. Art is in so many forms and they are all equally valid and equally as important as important. And I mean, this is the thing, right? Okay, so sure. The arts are low skilled, not viable. They should all retrain to be another quiz. So we never listen to music again. We never watch TV again. We never, like technically this podcast is, you know, some form of entertainment. It's kind of falls in that category. So you never listen to a podcast again. That's not viable. In essence, like that's never gonna happen. We're never gonna stop consuming media and entertainment, which is a form of art. In so I'm not saying that this is art, but you know, it's that kind of industry. Um, the arts and entertainment industry that they're just you can't see me, I'm making a lot of angry hand gestures and not even the rude ones, just a lot of like I can't even explain what I'm doing with my hands, I'm just like angrily grabbing air <laughs> I hope you know what I mean um, I'm gonna say bye for the third time, I need to stop talking, this is awful I'm so sorry everybody um but yeah please do follow us on the instagram we're nearly to 100 followers which is really exciting um if you're watching well listening on youtube please give this a thumbs up and subscribe and leave a comment uh if you are if you tend to listen or are listening on apple podcasts please give a five star review if you like the podcast share this with a friend a family member a co-worker uh, a stranger, <laughs> anyone, and I think that's everything, so I'm gonna say thank you, and I will see you next week, be safe, uh, save the arts, have a great week, bye bye! <laughs>